Every human being has creativity within, but not everyone feels the call to be an artist. An artist is someone who answers the call to create again and again. And there's beauty and value in that because if to be human is to be creative, who better to learn about creativity than from working artists? I'm your host, Mandy Harmon, a film director, creative marketer, and sometimes with my teeth gritted, consider myself an artist. This is not an interview podcast. Artbreakers is a conversation podcast. Conversing with me in Artbreakers episodes are mostly full-time creative artists of all kinds. Artbreakers aims to share with you the kind of vulnerability that deepens your creative work in meaningful ways, whether or not you identify as an artist. The first art Oscar Jimenez fell in love with was food, and we start there with his background. Growing up, first-generation Mexican-American in New Jersey, he was surrounded by movies, but not thinking about going into film. In fact, when young Oscar looked ahead to potential education and career paths, none of them placed him behind a camera. He certainly didn't envision what would happen. Six months after graduating film school in 2019, Jimenez received an American Society of Cinematographers Student Heritage Award for his work on the short film Gather. Then in 2020, he shot my favorite Sundance film of the year, The Killing of Two Lovers, which centers around a father trying to keep his family of six together during a separation from his wife. And it's very intense and quiet and a slower burn. And you can actually watch it on Hulu right now. Oscar and I go on to talk about the lack of stability in filmmaking and the gumption it takes to push through. It's not all pretty, and Oscar's grounded, adaptable view on life and art is full of inspiration to my own life, and hopefully to yours as well. As this is only the fourth episode of Artbreakers, I'd like to invite you to go to the handle at Artbreakers on Instagram and message the profile with any feedback or names of artists that you'd really like to hear from. As per usual, the first 10 to 20 minutes is Oscar's history, then we get into more nitty-gritty ideas on life, food, and filmmaking. Thank you for tuning into Artbreakers, and let's hop into it with cinematographer Oscar Jimenez. Welcome. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad you could join us today. No, yeah, no, I know you've been talking about this for a while, so I've been pretty excited. Yeah. Just, uh, I think this is the first podcast that I've done, so it's oh, really? might, it might be a little rough. A warm up. No yeah, worries. Yeah. No worries. It's only my second. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so we're in the same boat. A ton of novices. Um, so what I like to talk about is art. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. That's why uh, you ended up where you are at right now, which mm-hmm. is... You're a filmmaker, you're a cinematographer, you're a father, you mm. are... Uh, I heard something about you almost pursued the culinary arts mm-hmm. before film. Yeah. What, what was that? Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think growing up as the oldest child, I, I helped my mom quite a bit with cooking, and I just find it fascinating combining flavors. And, and uh, where I grew up, it was the melting pot of a lot of uh, cultures from the Caribbean. You had Puerto Ricans, Dominicans. Yeah, uh, this well, is in New Jersey. This right? is New Jersey, yeah, Southern mm-hmm. Jersey, and we have Mexicans, and then we have our Black community, and so there was just like a lot of flavors going around, and it just really intrigued me. I, I tend to gravitate a lot towards Puerto Rican food, so even going back home, that's the first thing I, I go to is just a hole in the wall Puerto Rican shop, and just uh, rice, beans, meat, and then something that like a pastry called uh, filled with meat called empanada or pastelillos. Oh, uh, it's good. It's so good. It's so good, and so uh, and so. Uh, during the summers, I, I didn't really, I mean, I had my friends growing up in, in this apartment complex, but once I moved to, uh, uh, to, to a, I guess, a, a house. Um, so, so you were in the city, so you grew up city boy or mm-hmm. small uh, it was, town? It was, it was, uh, I mean, Violin is pretty, is pretty big, but it was like a, it was like a, it was downtown, so it, it felt more like a city, but it quickly moved into like the rural uh, farmland mm-hmm. and um, pretty fast and so I mean where I lived was pretty much the ghetto and so <laughs> and so but I didn't know that was the ghetto growing up for me it was just right. home and uh, and our apartment complex was kind of like this oasis um, it was a pretty nice complex really well kept green grass and then as soon as you leave like the fences it just becomes like an urban jungle and so I mean yeah. my mom just worked uh, two blocks down the road and she would just tell me like of, like she would always say I just don't want you like to sell drugs or anything because you're going to mess up your life and 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 anyway that kind of just stuck with me but that, but my friends and i we would always go to like the little uh, tiendita or the little store down the street to get some uh, pastelillos and they were only a dollar and so well i would go into like our our change uh our change container and 
and just get a the couple jar. Of yeah, the, the jar. Where everything yeah. ends up. Yeah. I know that jar. Yeah. 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 So, did it have a smaller? Did you have to dump it, or could you reach? No, your it was hand it was there? big. We okay, we, you we access yeah. It, it was uh, it was a container for for Mexican candy that was converted into a piggy bank, I guess. And so <laughs> yeah, so it was big enough to just put our hand in there. So, but yeah, the 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 food food just really fascinated me and just the different flavors and so. Um, and even today, like that's the first thing. Whenever I go to like shoot somewhere else, I want to know what is what is the town known for for their food, because mm-hmm. I want to try it at least once. Yeah, and, and or yeah, I'm a foodie yeah. for sure. And and and, uh, and so growing up, like I, I like now looking in hindsight that you're saying that with art, culinary arts is is an art. And um, but yeah. for me, it was just like survival. It's just cooking. You know, you just you just uh, it was feeding uh, family. So. Uh, did but, you do a lot of it for your family because yeah. like, was your mom working full-time yeah both Are you my, the oldest i'm the oldest and so both my parents yeah, worked a lot and so sense. during like uh I, I would cook for myself mostly uh, my sister is only a year younger than me and uh she did her own thing but but i love experimenting like with seasonings or seasonings and, and like different combinations mm-hmm. of food um and i was just experimenting my mom would also cook like that she would just experiment whatever we had and it turned out to be pretty well. And then we would have people over and they would always rave about her food. But for me, it was just like, oh, this is just my mom's cooking. But they were like, yeah. no, this is really, really good. Like it has a lot of flavor. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I think I think those kind of like just their their wording, their appreciation just made me appreciate more like how my mom cooked. And so I would ask her a lot of questions. And it's like, why why are you adding mustard to chicken? And she's like, no, I don't know. It just tastes better. And so she would never give me any explanation either. She was just this like, this is how I do it. And it works. And so... And so, uh, is that what you wanted to do then as a kid? You were like, when I grow up, I want to be a cook. No, I want to be a chef. No, I don't think so. I don't. I, I think that happened more when I was thirteen. When when there was this girl who who said that <laughs> she said she said, hey, man, guys that cook are, are so sexy and that that's so. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, well maybe I need to like get more <laughs> You're like, serious. Oh, I'm gonna become a chef. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So no, no, it's true. And and so and and I would watch. I, I think I, I I would watch the Food Network a lot. Um, uh, there was a there was a, a cook Giada de Laurentiis. She cooked a lot of Italian cuisine, and mm-hmm. she was beautiful. And so I I remember just uh, and like the show was presented was shot so beautifully and uh, um, uh, like soft light. And so it just felt like home, yeah. and and it was pretty, and and the food looked really really good. And so I think that brought an attraction. And late nights when I would stay up, I'd watch Iron Chef America and just the competition, the 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 more like the aggressive style of cooking really intrigued me and so um i don't know that i think those were kind of just like small building blocks of of guess the artist in me um mm-hmm. and then once once i had creative. To, the creative, creative yeah yeah, yeah. The, the creative experimental the cre- uh-huh. questioning always uh-huh. asking why uh-huh. curious yeah yeah there was another sense. there was another disney channel movie called eddie million dollar uh, cook-off and uh it, it had like a kid's version of like of teenagers cooking and so i was like oh i want to do that but um and i remember when it was time to choose a school um, I, I I got pamphlets of like culinary art schools, and I, I, wanted, I wanted to go to the best school because I like I, I feel like that's kind of been my, my personality is like if I want to do something, I want to do it right. Like, How, I, did your parents <laughs> feel the same way? Like for you, were they pretty involved in your education? They were no. like, hey, you need to go no, my, to these kind of colleges. Was that was that kind of the dynamic? What was that like? No, my, my parents were actually very supportive in whatever I did. They never gave me any advice regarding to I guess the the temporal things of life. Mm-hmm. Like they, they gave, they were more like moral advisors. They were like, do whatever you want. As long as you're a good person, you treat other people correctly. And I feel like they taught me in that way, which, and, and they left everything else open-ended. So a lot of it was me figuring it out mm-hmm. at school. I, I was, re- I, was a, I was a pretty good student cause I, I love learning. Um, so I found a lot of subjects very fascinating. And, uh, so I, I, I but they never pushed my studies. Like, I, I think there wasn't a need to either because I was pretty self-driven. I would get home, do my homework. I knew deadlines, and I try to keep them. Yeah, that, uh, that's that oldest child syndrome. I think so, in. right? You know, you're, you've got that responsibility of the whole world on your shoulders. So you know, you have your shit together. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. And, and so, and, and I think they said that. And so they, I, what I do feel bad is that my dad would would compare me to my sister, and and so she got a lot of the blunt force, like, why can't you be like Oscar or, or something like that? So that's the, oh. the, there grew this rivalry that that I yeah. that I'm ashamed of like now that growing older because it, it did make me proud I guess and yeah. and in in both a good and bad way and so but but uh, but like but as a kid you're like like I'm doing yeah. I'm doing it so it's it's whatever and so but I also liked sports and and I and I, the first thing I wanted to become when I was younger was a professional soccer player I thought that would be really cool just because it's the number one yeah that was like my number one thing but then eventually when when I played it just I didn't think that was a possibility, mostly because of what other, what I hear from other people. It's like, 
it's like one in a million chance you're like it's it's really hard and and i think that got to me mm -hmm. and but nobody really talked about cooking and so i was like oh but maybe there's more possibility in this and so i think uh going to culinary uh, culinary school was more of a uh more of a uh, something more accessible yeah but i didn't do i didn't do both i i went to i i ended up getting a scholarship to go to byu um and i was looking through like their their program like their their uh their program and they had something called food science and so i was like oh, i'm going to do that but i didn't know what food science that food science is not the same thing as culinary arts food science is more like uh like diet like yeah, dietitian well, stuff well like no not even stuff? more like they 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 uh they work like with taco bell to like create like these oh, uh yeah, the ultimate naked chicken yeah like uh, stuff like that yeah. yeah i know right exactly <laughs> so no it, it so it confused me and so I, and so i i didn't do any of this so what i looked at so uh, but because, you did you get into the, was it a program you had to apply to did you how far did you pursue mm -hmm. that i just asked questions i just asked go. questions and they, they told me so i might i might have it i might just offended a whole community of food scientists but <laughs> i might have gotten it wrong and so artists I, in their own right though. i know right <laughs> respect but but so when i got to school what, what i um what i looked at was like what's what's the school bestly known for and it was their business school mm -hmm. and so that's so then that, that's where i pursued like uh, they uh, that's where i pursued uh to go through through their business program and immediately i found out i didn't like it and i remember getting my first b uh, in college and then I told like one of my roommates who was going to the accounting program like dude you're done that's it like they're not going to take you anymore and I was like what are you serious after the one B after one B oh, I mean, man. I, I never would have got it I, I know right and so and so yeah and so he uh, so it kind of discouraged well not discouraged me it's, I didn't really want to do it anyway because I didn't yeah. find the classes really super uh, uh, the trade-off didn't seem worth it no yeah it didn't like, seem worth it no. yeah you and, realize you didn't like it. Uh -huh. I didn't realize yeah. I didn't really like it. So it was a very pragmatic choice, though, to pursue business at the beginning. Uh, I feel like that's one that a lot of parents would be, give you two thumbs up for. Sure. They're like, you know, that sounds like you can find success in that, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it sounds like the linear dynamic, though, that your parents, like, they didn't really mind that you were more open to other mm -hmm. things, whether it was cooking, mm -hmm. culinary arts, or whether it was... Uh, food science apparently yeah, uh, or whether it was business or whatever it was it sounds like they were supportive no matter what so were, did you feel like you really had the freedom to pursue what you wanted I could have done I seriously could have done anything I wanted they they what they did yeah. what they did teach me is I could be anything I wanted it to be so I was like super That's grateful amazing. for that yeah well then what was important to you then uh, like making, why business uh, making money at the making time? my I mean I grew up pretty poor so yeah. it, and so so yeah. uh, going that to that back sense. to that pragmaticness it's like I didn't want to suffer um, and, stability yeah stability and so one of the things that my grandmother uh, I remember calling calling back home in in New Jersey, I mean calling back home in Mexico, and she would say, "It's like, oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be a either a doctor, a lawyer, or a businessman," mm. and and so those were very generational hopes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so those were the, the those were like the three things in my head. Is like, okay, I guess when when I got to school, like I was like, okay, I need to like find a career that would lead me into one of those directions. And so, um, and being a doctor seemed more more, um, I guess, more fascinating. Just kind of studying the body. And um, specifically being a surgeon, when I went on a mission to Vegas, I I, uh, uh, I, uh, I met a surgeon and just him talking to him, like kind of like this gross stuff, but it was still pretty cool. It, like it fascinated me. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back and become a surgeon. Like I'm gonna go uh, finish, like go through the sciences and uh, and, um, and and go, then go to medical school. Uh, and one thing I forgot to say too, like when I was at high school, I did get a scholarship to go to Boston College but only as a full ride to through their science through their science uh, program, but mm. and, but that scared me because I felt like it didn't give me any leeway to to pursue anything else. Was like, what if I didn't like the sciences? Yeah. Then I would have to pay back. Or what I understood is I had to pay back what Boston College was already providing, and I couldn't switch majors, and so that's why I didn't. Mm. That's why I didn't scholarship take it. with with strings. Right, exactly, yeah. and so that's why I didn't really. Uh, do it and so uh, but after the mission I came back and I was like and for our non uh, Mormon or LDS listeners uh -huh. uh, a mission is something that a lot of um, members of the Latter-day Saint Church do uh, when they're around 18 19 20 ish um, they serve a, a, a proselyting mission um, for uh, the LDS for, church, for the LDS yeah. church. Yeah. yeah 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 so you get a Go somewhere and you have a, a roommate, a companion, for two and years. for two years, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so and that's all you do for two years. So, so it was a lot, lot to think about, a lot to, uh, a lot of time to think. Uh, what was I saying? But, but you were saying um, <laughs> business wasn't it. 
you're kind of back to square one. You're at your what? Oh. Still a freshman at BYU. Yeah, I was still a freshman, so I, I left. I left on the mission as as a freshman. Um, uh, oh yeah, I met a surgeon, and then he t- kind of gave me the pros and cons of of like the medical field, and uh, it was cool. It was fascinating, but then he told me how much schooling you had to do, and I was like, oh, that's that's way. I, I like school, but that's way too much school. And so, but one of the things that I left the mission with is like I I felt like I I built empathy with with a lot of people with their stories. I served I, I served in, in Vegas, but I served in, in both mixed areas where some parts were really, really rich. Uh, and it was, there's a lot of good people there, but I also served in a lot of parts where they're really poor. And so, and a lot of their stories kind of like, I sympathize in that, like I felt empathy for them because I was like, oh, okay, I feel, I feel this. And so I, and I met a lot of children and um, like teenagers who, who, I don't know, they felt like a little messed up and I wanted to help them, but I felt like I didn't have like the, the um, training, the, the training or the anything abilities, like that. Yeah. 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 So I came back to school and then I, and I declared as a, uh, a human development major cause I wanted to become a child mm-hmm. psychologist and uh, it's ironically, okay, hold yeah. on. this is all over the map. <laughs> yeah, okay, know, so you, so you, so it, have you always been so curious about everything? Mm-hmm. Have you always felt like you just, some people are like, Oh, I don't know what to do because I don't know what I like. It sounds like your issue was more like, I like so many things. Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly yeah? what it is. Yeah. Okay. If I can go back to college, yeah. even though we, I just said that I don't want to go to college, I think <laughs> I would go back to college and study different things. I think that would yeah. be that would be that sounds that, that's really fascinating to me. Uh, my dad was the same way. Yeah. He uh, we had a bunch of magazines from all over the place. Uh, he'll have like science magazines. He'll have National Geographic. He'll have uh, fashion magazines. What and did he so, do? Uh, my dad. My dad yeah. was a was a, a manager of a nursery. So like worked with a lot of plants. So he oh. would ha- he, yeah yeah. So he. Uh, he, uh, I mean, it was, he, he was, uh, my parents are immigrants to this country. So it was like yeah. jobs that were accessible to them. And, um, and he, uh, so yeah, he, he, I don't think he really lived out to what he really wanted to be, but I, uh, he was, he was an artist in his, in his own right. Um, uh, because he, uh, he, he, he was a part-time DJ for, oh, <laughs> yeah, really? uh, yeah he, so he did for quinceañeras or, or weddings on the weekends. Uh-huh. And so would his, he produce his own music too? No, he wouldn't produce. He he would just he'll just kind of uh uh just buy a lot of music and just kind of combine yeah. playlists. And so I feel like it's more like kind of very amateur, amateur yeah. DJ. And so and I found that fascinating because I grew up with a lot of genres of music as well. And and even when I think about like filmmaking, music is the is the first thing I I, I turn to because it 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 allows me to go to like this nostalgic state of mind where my mind clears up and I'm able to just think like mm. just think rather than than try to force an idea. Is that oh. one of the main areas? Do you think that you experience inspiration? Mm-hmm. Is music absolutely yeah, music for sure. Yeah. Um, and my and my dad my dad is the same way. Where uh, I think he just loved listening to music and and just uh, um, we we would watch hours and hours of music videos on VH1, and uh, he would record them all uh, on on our VCR uh, VCR is that mm-hmm. VHS yeah. V- Jeez, my gosh, yeah. it's still it's my been a while. <laughs> it's been a minute, yeah. <laughs> So I remember Saturdays like going from like 3 p.m. all the way to like 10, 10 at night just watching music videos and he would just explain the artist and the music. He's like, oh, I remember doing this when I was a kid. And so and so that painted a really good picture. Like I think that's where that's where my imagination started being cultivated or my, my mind started being cultivated with with uh, with images in my head. And uh, uh, I, I had the more pre- you're exposed to the more it became more vivid, the more yeah. library, I guess, yeah. like creativity that you had. At mm-hmm. your, at yeah. Your, I have a pretty yeah no no yeah you're right I had a pretty vivid imagination Uh, uh, so you were always creative as a kid then I think so so that's that's what's funny is that uh, I I I never thought I was creative I felt like I was more of the the uh, like you know the the pencil pusher like I liked math and I liked science and that that stuff you like the structure and you like school and you got good grades yeah you know yeah no yeah you're absolutely right so so. Growing up, I just uh, I always thought that that so I was going to go some like somewhere in that field, and culinary arts was one of the things that that like I felt like was like outside of my. my I don't know. It's one of the pitfalls of create of <clears throat> of certain stereotypes around creativity, right? It can be exclusionary. It's like mm. oh, 
if you're a creative person, that means that you have to check these boxes or sure. you act like this. Um, you do bad in school, you mm. know, you have a dreamy imagination. You're always elsewhere in your mind. And that's that that means you're creative. Yeah. Right? And I, I don't buy into that at all. Mm -hmm. um, I think that everyone is truly creative, mm -hmm. but I think that it gets beaten out or trained out of us, mm -hmm. whether it's by parents or society, just things that say self-expression is not important. What's more important is stability. It's sure, a it's yeah. a job that pays well. It's all of these. I, you know, I, I, sometimes I feel like that that's the narrative that we're fed. No, it's true, and that's that's and you're right. And I, and I think it didn't help out that I watched a lot of films that kind of stereotyped the artist. Mm. And so I was like, like oh, the poor starving yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, like kind of like the start of that that's just is willing to be different. Yeah, because I was I was very shy as a kid. Um, around other people not with my family but my family is very more outspoken and i felt comfortable and so um but around other people i would just i wouldn't talk and so i lived in my head a lot um and so i think that also added to like vivid imaginations and so um mm. and, and, and and so this is like i think the 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 cons of, of of watching or consuming so much media as a as a child that i that i built stereotypes and i i've I built like kind of like it has to be this way or it's not gonna it's not gonna evolve into into like you know a, yeah. a and b have to come in before c and so i think that it's more to like the the structure in my head but but yeah once once i once i uh i took a, a film elective just because i needed to fulfill some requirements and i needed like i needed like quote unquote easy a mm -hmm. um so i can continue on with my with my uh because by, by this time my grades were just like all over the place they were like I did good in some other ones. I got I got E's in other ones, and it, and I just didn't feel passionate about about mm -hmm. anything. Did uh, your grades directly correlate with how much you cared about the subject? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel that. That I and also that. like I, I feel like I started to break uh I break out of my shell more, and so I started hanging out with more people. So I was like, oh, I wanna I'd rather have more of an experience rather than mm -hmm. being like tied down to uh, my uh, my studies. Mm -hmm. And so um so I I, I feel like I, I was just kind of in my head I was like okay if I do this this and this I will still pass. So I did. The, I did the GPA calculator and everything, and so and I was like, okay, I can fill this class. It's not gonna, it's not gonna yeah, affect me. So he started weighing it yeah, out. Exactly. So I got really good <laughs> at, at that, that point. Yeah. No. For, yeah. And that was, it, it was, it was dangerous. I do not recommend that for anybody. But, <laughs> but once I, but once I took the film elective, I think that opened up a whole new world that that I just that because I've always loved films too. I watched it with my dad, and um, and so it was a. Uh, uh, so you were always consuming movies, music videos, mm -hmm. even cooking shows. Yeah. Just always consuming media. Mm -hmm. yeah. were, uh, even with your friends? Were you out? I mean, Mostly, I know you were out with your friends, but were you in front of the screen more often than not when you were growing I up? I think so. I think yeah. so more just because I like I, I, I like to be by myself too. And yeah. so, uh, and and uh, one, even even now, like I, I, I'd rather watch a movie by myself just because I don't. I, I I'm I'm too I'm too anxious of what the other person thinks about the movie, mm. and so and, and so the, the, if I'm watching with somebody who's who's who did like I recommend the movie for I'm not paying attention to the movie I'm paying attention to what to their reaction to their reaction and so right. I'm just like uh, you know what screw it Looking I rather over at your eyes. I know oh, are they laughing at this I know part? exactly oh, do they raise their eyebrows do uh -huh. they see this shot as I cool know. as I do exactly so I rather <laughs> <There's anxiety. laughs> it's so much anxiety and so I'm just like screw it I'm just gonna do this myself I don't want to share this yeah. uh, how do you something... feel about talking during movies too because then that's another <laughs> oh it depends it depends on the person like if if like with my brother my brother he's he's very he's engaged as much as I yeah. am and we're able to talk to movies and still know what's going on with the plot. So, mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, so I, I mean, there's, there's, there's people like, I, uh, I've done this with Pepe too. We were able to watch films and we'll talk about it, but we, we know where we're at. And so we, mm -hmm. it's relevant. So we go back to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, but if it's, uh, feeding pearls to swine, sometimes that's how I feel like if I'm, if I'm giving, if I if I'm showing something and they hate it, I was like, well, screw you. And then, <laughs> screw you. <laughs> like, I don't, you don't you don't know yeah, what taste is anyway. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's so I don't yeah, I don't know. And that, and I don't feel like I'm a film snob. But I watch. Yeah. I consume all. I consume yeah. all, all 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 types of filmmaking. My my favorite film growing up was Waterworld because uh, that's something I don't know that if I've seen that one. It's what with Kevin that? Costner, and then the whole entire world is is uh is flooded, and so. <laughs> And it's 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 an action movie that I, I guess it tanked. It was it's considered one of the worst movies ever filmed. But I love that movie. It's, yeah, just it, unapologetically. Uh huh. Just it's it. just an yeah. action post-apocalyptic world. It has a. Well, anyway, I liked it. It was my and, yeah. and it's, for me, it's like again nostalgic because I spent time with my with my with my dad and my dad was also the same way. My favorite film is The Truman Show. 
Oh, really? Simply yeah, for the yeah. fact, I saw it when I was young. I fell in love with it. I watched it many times. I was obsessed. <laughs> and I felt like my life was oh, really? the true show. I was like, I'm, I'm being That's watched true. No, it's true. It's true. I remember watching <laughs> it's that. It's a little over dramatic. No, of course. It's true. Like, <laughs> yeah. I remember watching that movie and I feel in the same way. Mm-hmm. They do. And then that's true. And then that's what I, I think I gravitate towards films is because it creates such a, uh, uh, um, just an emotional impact. And it's, and it, it definitely, uh, uh it reaches people in a different way that that because it's a visual medium and so and i'm a very visual person and so i i think it at least for me i, I can only speak for myself anyway sorry i was rambling for a second no no you're good um uh, uh, let's let's bring it back to uh so you're at byu mm-hmm. you end up in the film program mm-hmm. but at this point you've put a lot of your life together um mm-hmm. whatever that means mm-hmm. you know i know i know you you have two or three kids mm-hmm. And then you decided to get into film. Yeah. Were you terrified at all? Because it's the arts. Just, just where I'm going to go with this is, you can't. You, you needed. You grew up poor. Mm-hmm. You, you wanted stability, mm-hmm. right? A lot of your academic pursuits mm-hmm. and career pursuits reflected that sure, at the beginning, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you also had this other side. You wanted. You, you like to. You like to cook. You like to watch movies. Mm-hmm. You loved. You did love the arts. Mm-hmm. And then you ended up here mm-hmm. in film, which is not necessarily an industry known for its financial stability. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. And how did you get over the fears and realize that, oh, this is your passion. This is, you love this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I was married like my sophomore year in college, uh, which is like four years into, no, three years into school. Um, I was, I was a very slow student, like, like I didn't take that many credits because I, again, I was, didn't know what I wanted to do. So I took the bare minimum, mm. uh, in order to still be in school, but without rushing through, through school. Um, uh, so I got married my sophomore year. I, was, I think I was 23. Um, uh, and then I had a son right off the bat and then another son afterwards. And, um, but then I took a break. <laughs> I yeah. took a, I took a, I took a break with, with school. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to school for a year. Um, and that I think that was the time when I was just like, uh, where I decided it was like, okay, I want to do filmmaking. I think you uh, found you realized that within the break, yeah. away from school, yeah, or maybe right before it, I, right before, right before uh, uh, I decided that's what I want to do. Um, it made the most sense to me. It was it, it gave me a lot of passion. Um, it didn't feel redundant. Uh, and so I then I took the break because I I felt I remember taking my intro to film class and there was one student who was really who, who I felt was a really like. Uh, standout film student and he was like yeah I've been doing this since I was 12 years old and he showed me like a short film with VFX and I was like oh my gosh I do not know anything about filmmaking at all and so that really intimidated me so I felt like I needed to take a break to learn as to much as I can up. yeah to catch just up explore everything mm-hmm. oh. so what I what I self-taught what, yeah well yeah yes and no like I remember going through YouTube videos like crazy bought myself a like a, just a, a camera with manual functions and then um, and, and one of the things that I think that was most beneficial to me is that every single night I would watch one movie before I go to bed mm. and, uh, and I just went down like IMDB list or, or, or critics list and then just started choosing, picking and choosing films. And then, uh, so I Did watched, you choose off cinematographers or directors. No, that, or? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I wanted to be a cinematographer yet. Um, mm. uh, I mean, everything pointed to, to, to that at that moment, but, uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a, a screenwriter, director, or cinematographer. Um, the other stuff I didn't even know about yet, so it was they weren't even on the on the radar. Mm-hmm. But I just went down like, what are what are the best films? What are the classics? And um, I watched, I consumed a lot of media in in the year, or I guess movies. And, and it was film school. Yeah, it was film school, right? On its own. Yeah, yeah. yeah just it by was, films, you just studied them. Yeah, you just watch them, phenomenal. study them. I, I and uh, and that's the thing about the film industry in particular. You don't necessarily have to have a degree mm-hmm. in order to be successful mm-hmm. within it yeah and i i, I think that concept too what you just said is what kind of freed me more too is like okay i don't have to even though i i don't have the best gpa going into film school that doesn't really matter um it's all about portfolio so and you're there to learn you yeah. just want to learn it you don't care about the the grade maybe right. you know i mean no. unless you wanted to teach it and that would change things yeah well well there was the option that i wanted to teach it because i found i found certain like uh uh, uh niches in, 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 in film uh, were fascinating to me there was a there's a German and Scandinavian film class that I that I took that was super interesting and in that it was so it was so uh, centered around just like one area or like certain directors and filmmakers that were it was very specific that it just it made me really fascinated about it and I think that taking that class really solidified 
that I want to go into filmmaking. Like I watched mm-hmm. films from Bergman and and Dreyer and and um, and some of the like more contemporary classics. Um, uh, you know what was so compelling about those pieces? Well, it's because it was because it was a different uh, culture. Um, what I loved, what it, so it wasn't. You just weren't watching the film. You were also learning about the cultural aspect to to the the region or like the country mm-hmm. and the time that was said about or what it was the commentary that I was saying about like it's uh, during the time it was being made. And so that fascinated me just to see how films were kind of like this very interdisciplinary. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And so right. political, very pro- technologically. Mm-hmm artistically Mm -hmm. yeah so that was super fascinating to me and and um and so that's why i i kind of dabbled the idea of maybe becoming a director Mm -hmm. but um but i but i when i got into the film program um and started doing things like even when it was my turn to direct they were they just tended to be more visual yeah um i didn't really care for writing or dialogue i just wanted to show rather than tell because i remember thinking about the films that impacted me i don't remember the dialogue i don't remember like what they were saying but it was the images that that interacted that left an impression and so that's what made me decide like ultimately i want to be a cinematographer and i decided that really quickly once i got into the film program so so like in, into the first semester i just told everybody I'm, I'm the cinematographer and people were still kind of picking and choosing they're like well i don't know i don't know what i want to do and that blew my mind because i thought everybody came into film into the film school already knowing what they wanted um, and so, well, that's why you took the year off. Yeah, you that, wanted to catch up. Yeah, I and went, then you realized you were ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's how I felt. Yeah. Then, then I knew <laughs> that. Then I was ahead of it. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. And um, but I was working on sets. I remember just putting hours and hours into uh, extra. Uh, you know, the short films are produced. This, yeah. You know, just after hours, and and uh, that became. Yeah. Uh, like looking at hindsight, I was like, man, that's hundreds and hundreds of hours of just. Learning it, Learning doing it. it, yeah. 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 I, I, I did, I did a similar path. I put school on the back burner. I realized that I could either be paid to be a director, mm. or I could pay tuition to learn how to be a director. Mm. And I was like, well, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would, you know, rather just pursue it, get on set as much as possible. Sure. And that being said, I, I love school. Mm. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, and I went back, and I didn't end up finishing. But uh, the, the cool thing about film that there are a lot of different paths yeah. to it. And uh, what really matters is just do you like film? Sure, because sure, sure. if you like it, and I sure hope you do, because <laughs> it's long hours, yeah. it's it's exhausting, mm-hmm. there's a lot, uh, and a lot of BS in the industry. Mm-hmm. So if you love it, then you'll survive. Yeah, and yeah. maybe thrive. Mm-hmm. Hopefully thrive. But if you don't, don't go into film. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. I and really do believe that. That's what I told my brother. He's, he's, he wants to, he just graduated uh, high school and he's like, I think I want to do what you do. I was like, you really got to love it, man. Like, otherwise it's not worth it. It's, it's, and so yeah. I brought him a couple sets and he's, he's like, yeah, it's still cool. I was like, it's still like, I feel like you're only getting a, a small taste of, of yeah. what it is. So you have to like really, really, really love it. And so far, I think he's kind of showing the ambitions that I had when I was, when, when I was like 24 and just starting Mm-hmm. starting to to learn cinema so i was like okay he, he might he might have it mm-hmm. um but i still i still want him to like really like learn for himself and anyway so but that's that's a different story um uh so you you um did you graduate from the film program i did yeah you did i did Fantastic. yeah you were already getting on sets though mm-hmm. while you were in the film program mm-hmm. right i student sets but probably other ones yeah i was working both i was work, working both student and professional sets mostly as a as a camera assistant, kind of learning from other DPs, and mm-hmm. that was beneficial too because it was enough responsibility where, where um, I didn't feel like I was just kind of doing whatever. It was it was enough responsibility where I was close to the main action and just kind of hearing the interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you I, have any mentors at this point that no, you kind of grew close to that guided no, you through all? This I didn't process? have any mentors. I feel like I had more like friends. Like Pepe was one of my good friends, and so mm-hmm. I think once I found like my community of filmmakers, that's when I kind of left the camera assisting and just became like. Mm-hmm. just became a dp like just came yeah. a cinematographer and we failed a lot i mean i mean i could just go in through like some of the films that we've done i was like yeah i we I, I, they were experimental and i love that i love like friends like pepe and luis and and stephanie that we had like our own little uh we were uh, slop, slop right yeah. other... we we're a slop because i think we had we, we were going to enter into this competition 
and we had like a group of people coming in but eventually it was just the four of us that showed up to the meeting and so we we're like well i guess we're let's just take our, our initials and and that'll be our our quote-unquote production and so it ended up being slop and and it, it it was funny because then during the program people knew it was a slop and that's true. I, so uh, Oscar and I went to the same film program at BYU, and even though we weren't in the same circles, I knew of, I knew of this squad group: <laughs> Stephanie S, yeah, Luis L, uh, Oscar O, Pepe P, P yeah. Sloth. <laughs> Always working together. Yeah, no, it was. It, it, we did. We we uh, we entered relatively around the same time, and yeah. we all worked at very these uh, as as grips on on the capstone projects and. For me, seeing the capstone for the first time, which is kind of like the, the thesis projects of the senior students, was just like mind blowing. It's like, man, you you have big lights, you have a nice camera, you have people like that are just disciplined in one in one aspect of filmmaking, and that that just really blew my mind. And that and that kind of added more fire to my my excitement for filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to do I, like I still want to do this. And so it was cool. And I remember waking up like early on sets or waking early for sets and uh, being excited, mm-hmm. um, just because it was it was fun. Um, and then. We're- uh, what about um, your wife and kids? What's her name? Oh, Emily. 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 Yeah. How did Emily and, and the kids feel about it? Were they like, camera's well, fun? Well, I mean, I didn't know what I, like, what, what I was explaining, so I was just explaining the best as I could of what I knew, and so I'm sure I confused her even more. Uh, so she was like, yeah, sure, I guess. But yeah, it was very, it's, I, I, I'm very lucky and blessed to, to have Emily because she has been super supportive the whole entire time. Yeah. Like, she, she's, she's the main reason why I'm able to do what I do because, um, uh, uh, because she was very patient with me and um, she's never she's never really seen any of my work um, not, I'm not sure if, if it's because I don't show it to her or if maybe it's because maybe it is because of me and I'm like like I feel like it's easier to show people that I don't know my work rather than people that are really close to me because yeah. then I have to see like because you cr- care about their opinion yeah I care yeah, about their you opinion you care about what they think yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, so it's so I didn't show her anything for like the first two years just because it's just like student work that that was okay and it was experimental so it probably didn't make sense and uh, uh yeah. <laughs> student projects yeah student projects man slop the slop production yeah. but it, but it, I, that was a growing ground and and so it, so th- my wife didn't work she mostly took care of our son and i worked but um and so i worked but then it came to a point where i was like i can't work if i want to do this full time so yeah. i took some hefty loans i was like i and, and i feel like that was for me that was uh, money money was always centered around my my uh um my anxieties of like okay well if i take out this loan i have to pay it back so i it's this is this is kind of like what cortez when he invaded mexico is is uh he burned his he burned his boats and it's like there's no turning back like this is this is it yeah so i I had to i had to commit to it and uh i took those hefty loans and knowing that as soon as i graduate those are gonna be waiting for me and uh and they still are they're they're right there and i see i see the statements so so but but it but right now i feel worth it though it was worth it because it, it was that necessary at the time in mm-hmm. order to get to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, we had to live. I mean, we had to survive, right? Yeah. So we weren't, and and we got. I was lucky enough that we were able to live with our parents, mm-hmm. um, uh, in their like uh, basement basement apartment uh, yeah. essentially, and so it helped us out quite a bit. Um, so I, I definitely owe them a, a huge gratitude. They they made it possible too for 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 me to pursue what I needed to, and yeah. and and so then I became like a full time filmmaker, like very very much a starving artist with being not paid for to do anything. Uh, uh, it, for like the first two years and then slowly how did you um, you probably just took projects as they came to you mm-hmm. at, at the beginning I, I remember uh, you've come so far mm-hmm. um, you turned down projects now and you probably did then too depending on how and what it was like but I remember at the beginning mm-hmm. from my perspective it seemed like Oscar Oscar was so full of gumption you were so full of uh, energy and commitment to just giving your all to a project mm-hmm. um, until it was over, just to see where it would go, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't paying you anything. Right, right. And I and I, I admired that. There is trade offs to it mm-hmm. because on one hand, you know, uh, you can only do free projects for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, what, what what I mean, what was that like for you? Because is it is it through those that those free projects that you picked up that you have the paid ones now? Like, did you, was that a necessary step or stage? Yeah, I think it was super necessary. Um, I feel like uh, even if, if there were projects that really weren't that mount to anything, I learned a lot. Just le- learned a lot mm-hmm. with camera, lighting, communication, which is the biggest uh, the biggest thing now on film sets. It doesn't matter what how big your size of production is, communication is, is number one. Um, mm-hmm. Learn how to communicate with director, producers, your AC team, your gaffer. Um, 
and uh, so that really helped out. And then a lot of those uh, people that I that I worked for free, they ended up kind of finding more professional jobs, and then they would call me afterwards. Call yeah, so it was always worth it. It was worth it. Yeah, I and mean, I think this industry is a lot of like you know scratching each other's back, yeah. um, and then not burning bridges because it's really never worth it. And now I've gotten to. I mean, I said to a lot of projects, yes, that I should have said no to. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it took away a lot of my family time and took away a lot of like my my uh, I mean, there's there's I would have a, dep- a dep- depression episode just because I'm just like I'm too overwhelmed I don't know what to do yeah uh, and then uh, so um, yeah it, 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 it worked out it, it worked out and so uh, and so that's how I, I think using that like trying period like that kind of has set the foundation for for where I'm at now like it's like now I know when to say no I know what, what I need to just based on experience I know if a project is not gonna succeed uh, in a technical level, um, then I'm, I'm okay to just be like, I can't do this. Um, yeah. uh, so it built a lot of wisdom. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's that was so, my so, schooling year. Well, then what advice would you <clears throat> give to 20-year-old Oscar? Sure. Who's exploring a lot of things, looking into film, or 22-year-old no. Oscar? Whatever, at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, at yeah. the beginning of your film journey, what advice would you give to someone in a similar spot? <laughs> Right. Who's who's saying yes? Would you would you recommend that someone says yes to everything? Because I I, that's advice that I hear Mm -hmm. a lot, um, for any art right quote unquote aspiring artist. Mm -hmm. Just say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. They're like just do it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if you're paid. If you're paid, great. If not though, just do Mm -hmm. it. Um, And I go back and forth on whether or not that's good advice. Mm -hmm. That's that's a really (laughs) good question. Right now, I'm just leaning because I don't. Like if, if if I went back to the future and saw myself exactly, I don't think I would say anything. I'll just I'll just let myself suffer the the same way because um, I don't know. I th- I think I I lean more towards saying yes. You have to say yes to everything because you have to experience both the bad and the good. Mm. Um, otherwise, then if you're just kind of uh, babied through all just like really good options and then you get far into your career and something bad happens and you don't know how to deal with it. Then it's gonna be a pretty heartbreaking experience. I rather I rather have all those heartbreaking experiences mm-hmm. when there's really no no uh, what to call it. Uh, there isn't a, a huge cliff to to jump off from. Or I don't even know that's a good analogy, but you know when when the hurt isn't too bad. Um, mm-hmm. I would hate to I would hate to have a heartbreak when when trade offs. There, no, yeah. There's no solutions, only trade offs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, no, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think everybody should do everything within reason. I mean, you the best per, like the best person that's gonna decide that is themselves. Like if if you have mm-hmm. like priorities like having a family or like if it's your mental health, then yeah, say, say no whenever you need to. But if you feel like you can actually do it and you can, and the only thing that's keeping you back is fear or laziness. Then that those aren't those aren't good. Um, yeah. Those are not good like uh, um, uh, obstacles that, that that should stop you. You should you should do it. Push through that. You should push yeah. through those. Yeah. Uh, but if it's but if it's something more serious where you're just like I don't I'm too overwhelmed. Um, I I don't know how to how I'm going to do this. Then then it's a probably good indicator yeah. that you should just back off a little bit. Did you have any scary moments like Oh dear God. I am an artist, and this is all I want to do. Whether or not I make money from this, this is where I'm headed. Yeah, that was that was like pretty. What was that moment? For that was you? that was pretty early on in, in my career. Even like doing like the school like the the school assignments. I'm just like crap. I have to do this. I mean, yeah. I don't feel I don't feel like too much uh, uh, excitement from the project, but I, I have to. It's gonna. I'm gonna have to do it. And then eventually, I do find something that that like a redeeming quality that I'm just like, oh, I learned this, and this is really good. Even though I know the assignment. That I that I produced wasn't good, but I learned something mm-hmm. very valuable, and and then that's what school's for is like you're supposed to fail, uh, you're supposed to just continue learning, and it's a it's a safe place to fail, and I and I and I felt I personally felt that I had good peers to fail in front of because we were all failing, and in our and and I feel like the professors were were pretty uh, they they were they were pretty good in in, in, in letting us uh, fail, and then if we wanted to talk afterwards, I think I feel like that's where our own self. Um, we had to be self-motivated to go after class and, and mm-hmm. just meet with them and just like, well, what, what should I do better? And they'll just give you a huge laundry laundry list and you take that with a grain of salt because they that, they have their own perspective. And I learned that too. Like professors are not, they're not, they're not 100% right in, in their, um, in their, uh, um, in their advice. Like it, it, it's still a personal, uh, there's personal mm-hmm. taste. Um, uh, I read an interview um, that you did uh, where you talked a lot about failure and that tends to be a like a value almost Uh that you bring up 
uh, I think you said we should all fail more or be mm. more comfortable with failing yeah. or something like that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. what, did, what did you mean by that and, and why? Um, I feel like you're, uh, I think about it as like working out, just like like uh, if you want to build muscle, if you want to get stronger, you're going to have to go to a breaking point where you just, you can only do one more. Um, and then you kind of back off and then they come back again. And it doesn't feel as heavy anymore. Mm. Uh, and so the same thing with failing is, is you, uh, you, you experiment and then sometimes that experimentation just sucks really, really bad. And you're like, okay, I'm never going to touch that. But actually it did. Well, Mike, what makes it suck for you? Is it because for some people it's perfectionism Mm -hmm. for other people, it's fear for other people. It's, uh, exhaustion. Mm -hmm. They're like distracted or like what, what, why? What what makes failure for for me for when I see failure for my, with my own personal work is does, is, is the, is the aesthetic that I'm contributing from cinematography fulfilling the story? If mm-hmm. it's if it if it feels too distracting, then I, f- I feel like I failed. I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not adding value to the story. Um, I'm just it maybe maybe I'm doing something because because I'm just want to be glorified a little bit more. Is that a cinematography lesson that you learned early on? Is mm-hmm. that because <clears throat> maybe at the beginning I'm not a cinematographer. Sure, sure, sure. I won't sure. pretend to be, <laughs> but uh, for some it's just the image on the screen mm-hmm. you know it, they just care does it look pretty mm-hmm. uh and then others are more involved mm-hmm. um with the story like does this no, capture the emotion mm-hmm. right they, they they get more experienced with the craft mm-hmm. i think um i it, it sounds like yeah. that's that's kind of what you're saying is yeah. that for you cinematography isn't just a pretty image it's also is this the right image composition style mm-hmm. pacing for the story right no that's exactly what it is like emotion number one i think that's the right word for it is mm-hmm. the emotion right visual for the emotion. story yeah visual emotion mm-hmm. um kind of going back to like my childhood like the 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 scenes or the shots that made the most sense to me or that the impact to me were the ones that that had the right visual for to tell the right emotion for the story and so as long as i'm doing that and that or, or as long as i feel that i don't care if somebody watches it and then and then they're like oh that didn't work but mm-hmm. if it worked for me then i'm just like okay that was a good shot yeah. or that was that that was and um that's that's another thing that i learned too is like i can't take other people's uh criticism to heart um uh especially if it's a matter of taste right if it's a matter of taste <laughs> because yeah. then there's no moral right or wrong to uh-huh. that you know mm-hmm. that's just is what it is yeah i have to be happy i i, I yeah. mean as, as, as self-deprecating that i am i also have to be really happy with some of the stuff that i do mm-hmm. and uh and i mean otherwise i'm just going to be like this is not really fulfilling for me at all. Well, and you should be proud. Yeah. I mean, look, look, look at where you've where you've gotten. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you've been featured in the American Cinematography mm-hmm. Magazine, mm-hmm. Uh, The Killing of Two Lovers, mm-hmm. one of your most recent features, made mm-hmm. it to Sundance. Um, it, that 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 is no small feat. Sure, that is sure. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's it's. I've been pretty lucky. Yeah, it's it, and I I think I think if if I were to go back and tell, maybe this is what I would tell my 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 twenty four year old self is like. <clears throat> the the reasons those projects I felt like were quote unquote successful is because I took the time to prepare um, um, as much as as much as I as you know student projects are student projects but I tried my best I tried I tried my best and because I I, I knew I, I didn't want to treat them as student projects they at the at the moment um, they felt like that this this is my calling card for the next project and so I gave it my all and uh, eventually you know I just started kind of gathering more grains of sand until my pouch became like or what's it called the flex of gold until they became nuggets into my into mm-hmm. my pouch and so um and then when it was when when i got the calling card for these projects there that had a little bit more value to them um i was i felt ready i was like okay mm-hmm. i mean i was still scared but i felt more ready whereas if i just kind of like coasted through a lot of these projects like all right let's just put the camera up let's just put that key light it doesn't look mm-hmm. good i don't care it's, it's 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 an image and so if i just done that then when it came to these projects Maybe one, I wouldn't even been considered or even been asked because um, I don't have the passion for it. <clears throat> or, or two, I just wouldn't know what to do. And mm-hmm. so that's that's probably like the only advice that I would give myself is mm-hmm. just treat each project like it's it's literally your, your last one and you're just trying to give it a your all. Uh, and that's that's easier said than done because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a hypocrite in that. There's some projects where I'm just like, ah, this is just needs to be done. I, I, I don't like, yeah. I, I don't I don't know how I'm gonna finish this and or, but, but yeah, so. Hmm. Um, what a, what was a, a failure on the killing of two lovers? A failure that you've learned from? 
Mm, let's see. I think. Uh, I mean, the film's beautiful. I mean. Yeah. But I know film. Yeah, uh, yeah, of there's course. always stuff behind the scenes that goes to shit. No, no. <laughs> of course, I think I, I need to be better asking questions. Mm. Uh, communication, just kind of like asking questions as uh, you know, just technical stuff. Like, what what do I have access to? What what should be done? And just kind of, uh, I'm. Uh, like working with Robert was 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 really a dream. He's very patient. He's very creative. He has a, such a visual eye that it was easy to communicate things and bounce off ideas. Um, and so um, I think there's more good that came out. Uh, I don't really remember too much of, of the, the I guess shitty situations of that. Um, it was cold, but I mean like he can't control that. Like it's mm-hmm. it, it was it was fine, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, gain experience to learn better questions and problem solved along the way. Yeah, as, problems as were you do on production. Yeah, problems were. Yeah, we yeah. we had a very small crew. I think I would have found crew a lot earlier. So um, just so uh, it didn't become because I, I I did I do remember that that being kind of a headache. Like More preparation. A, yeah, a week before uh, I was trying to find a full a full you know a full team um, and quote my my full team was just only like uh, a gaffer. Um, who ended up who who had like health issues? I had to leave after two days. So Oof. yeah, I know. So that that really scared when that when he had to leave. That really scared me because I was like, oh gosh, I was depending depending on this person for for this uh, you know for all these shots, and now uh, now I have to worry about that. But then but that was cool because then Robert and then our sound guy stepped in as and we all became like our lighting team, and then our my my uh, my AC was a student of Robert's. Uh, who graduated and she was just looking you know looking to help out she admired Robert but yeah no it was it was it was the good suck I I, I it wasn't too bad I don't, it's it's really fun to think about and and uh, with Robert and the rest of the crew mm-hmm. kind of want to go back to the failure lessons failure seems like a very necessary step mm-hmm. in creating anything meaningful mm-hmm. um, or not even just meaningful in creativity period mm-hmm. because that's part of the experimental process um, what was your relationship like with failure growing up? Because um, I know, for me anyways, yeah, yeah. perfectionism <clears throat> yeah, all yeah. the way. Sure. I only wanted to do it if mm-hmm. I thought it would be perfect. Sure, yeah. That is no place to be in for anything create, creative, mm-hmm. right? If you're going into creativity with the question, is this going to be any good mm-hmm. before you even get started, you're going to freeze, you know, mm-hmm. or you're going to, it's going to fall apart before you even really get started. Mm-hmm. Um what was that process like for you? Yeah. How, how did you learn to give yourself the space to fail? So one of the, one of the things that I that come to mind first is I played lacrosse in high school all, all throughout four years, and but I feel I feel like that was my biggest failure because I was scared a lot. Mm. I was I was scared to get hit. I was scared to to do the full practice. I was I had so much anxiety going on 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 the uh, playing field but i st- but i love the sport so i still kept on doing it but i w- i felt like i was half-assing everything at the whole entire time mm-hmm. and um and then even 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 like to to like uh uh to today i still get a lot of dreams of of, of cross dreams yeah i do when you're stressed well I, yeah you know i'm not sure when those dreams come but they do come and it's kind of like this this time in, in my life where I'm just like I should have I should have done more I could have done more. Oh, man. I, I get zombie ones, not lacrosse ones. <laughs> oh no 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 yeah well I, I don't, it's it's weird like it's it, it's 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 because it's because I knew I knew I did not leave everything yeah. I, I didn't even do like eighty percent it was just like mm. the I did the bare minimum and um, it wasn't even up to your personal standards right for and so and, and I feel like I am like you I, I was I was a perfectionist um, and I, I always wanted to like if I wanted to learn about a subject I, I was like who are the top who are the top people in in this field and so i learned from it and so um and with that i trained i trained i trained um in my off on my off time and i felt good but then when it came to like the actual uh playing time i just i just choked i just choked because i was scared all the time mm-hmm. that i was gonna miss a pass and then people were gonna get angry at me and so was that a fear of failure and then it caused it caused yeah it became a it became a reality yeah it became a reality and so mm-hmm. and so i think i use that a lot now where where uh if I go into a film set, it's like okay, there's people depending on me right now, and, and I need to, I need to give it my all. Otherwise, it's it's I, I I already know that if I already if I already have this fear and I just like linger on it, mm-hmm. I've already failed. So it's uh, I have to kind of just push through it. Um, so so I yeah that's and but yeah I feel like I'm I'm like I'm like you where I was a perfectionist growing up, so I was yeah. Uh, this this is an age old question, but like mm-hmm. what sparks inspiration for you these days 
Mm, so no, I know for some people it changes. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Music videos sounds like when you're a kid. Music videos was a big thing. That's a big one for me as I well. Li- I like to watch. I like to listen to a lot of music. Um, I have I have like long car rides because I live like in the middle of nowhere, so I have to I have like an hour, or you know, forty five minute car drive to to anywhere on set. So I podcasts. Podcasts. Some <laughs> podcasts are nice just because I like to learn. But but that, I still feel like that doesn't really free my mind. Sometimes it adds a little bit more anxiety just because mm. of, of what they're saying and, and like how technology has changed so much. And I'm just like crap. I have to keep up with this. So mm. music is more is, opinions, more voices. Right. In my head. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So it's, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly true. And so I just uh, I, I I lean towards music mm. uh, too, and it reminds me of my childhood, a more simpler time. So um, and uh, the other thing that recently that's happened is my my two oldest sons are now they're now they're six and and four and they started like playing soccer uh during the springtime and it was fun it was just fun watching them because i just felt like i didn't have to worry about anything else just watching them mm-hmm. and that was uh, it was inspiration and it's all right where my mind was just clear yeah. moments yeah. of presence yeah yeah exactly yeah. i was very present yeah. and 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 i felt a lot of pride because they were they were they, well yeah because yeah. it's fun you know they, they they played they played when they were younger but they sucked so bad they, <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible. They were scared of the when the ball would come to them. He would run the opposite way, and and he, he just you're like ah, oh, it takes me back to the yeah, lacrosse yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. That, now I know where they got it from. Jeez, so it's <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so and so I just and so now seeing them, and then they just they like to have a good time, and I'm just like oh, that's cool. And so I see progression, and so I'm just like oh, okay. Oh, well, I mean, I was not thinking it. Everything is subconscious, but but it's it's a moment of presence, like you said, yeah. and so. It takes me. It gives me. It regenerates me. So, do you ever make little films with them? Do I they don't. ever pull out the camera? And... Um, I, I I used to, but then but then I just feel, it feels more like work sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it feels like it feels like work because because my mind starts going into like okay like like i start caring too much about the frame to light lighting and then oh and, and, you want yeah. it to turn it into a whole thing yeah extra. yeah and so i just i, I don't you. relax so yeah. I, when i pull out my phone it's a little bit more relaxed if they're do- doing something silly mm-hmm. uh just or, documentation yeah purposes. just documentation yeah. so my, my wife is better at that she she uh she documents a lot she takes a lot more pictures than i do uh ironically and so um and so it was uh you know it's it was it's 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 nice going through her phone and just kind of seeing all the stuff that, that they show me and so has has because you're working in film now has it taken some of the passion and enjoyment out of it at all yeah i i think that's i think that's pretty common um um i right now like right now like i have when i get a script presented to me mm-hmm. i have to be real, real really passionate about it in order to be like um invigorated otherwise it's just it's just a job yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, some some projects I just do. They're just a job, and I'm just like I don't really feel anything. Uh, like I know how to make it look good, but mm-hmm. but sometimes I, I try to my I try in my head to like, well, how can I push it? And and uh, but then I push it creatively. Yeah, push exper- it. Yeah, yeah how you do want I to give it some pizzazz? Yeah. But it's also a commercial that you don't have any say in. R- exactly. Like that's that. exactly. Yeah. That's how it usually starts out. Yeah. We start out something, and they're like, yeah, it's too dark, it's too moody for what we're doing. It's like, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> It's like we talked about this, and you you said it was gonna be okay, and then and then it's like all right, we added the freaking fill light, and then it yeah. doesn't, it, and then that just takes me away, and I'm just like all right, well it's a job now, so. Uh, <laughs> You're like all right, I'll do what yeah. I need to do, yeah. make so it look good. Give me my paycheck, and I I'm, and then, I'm gone. Yeah. But I, I heard I have actually I was talking to another cinematographer well, recently actually who said something similar uh, about you know sometimes it is just a job. He's yeah. like that's okay. He's like maybe on the just a job things do 95 percent he's like don't kill yourself over Mm -hmm. it and this this advice kind of blew my mind because i will just if i commit to something i will give it my all yeah yeah. i will overkill right 110 Mm -hmm. he's like but the difference between someone who gives their 100 percent and 95 percent he's like it's not that much Mm -hmm. he's like if it's if it's something that doesn't require 100 percent from you he's like maybe maybe that's okay for the job and maybe that that's enough you know and that's good Mm -hmm. and and it was a perspective that i hadn't really thought about before because I, I was kind of raised in a, you know, you give it your all. Mm-hmm. You just have to push through, kill yourself over it. Um, if there's a slow moment, pick up a broom and start sweeping. Is something mm-hmm. that my grandpa mm-hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that was just the metaphor for mm-hmm. work really, really hard. Sure. Um, and I think what this cinematographer that I was talking to was trying to say works smart maybe yeah that's true um, <laughs> that's smart. And and it's 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 perspective that I hadn't thought about. But as you're talking about. Um, you know, sometimes it's just a job. I mean, mm-hmm. you you are on film sets all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not all going to be the same. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be that very passionate 
feature that you're, you know, super on board emotionally um, every time. Yeah, it's no, I think time. I've learned to pace myself more. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it is, it's pacing. Otherwise, like, I mean, there's times I do have to sprint just because I'm juggling multiple jobs, but um, but but uh, when, I, when I do feel invigorated, I do feel like this high where it's like, I was like, okay, I like yeah. you like what you're yeah, making. Yeah, <laughs> I like what I'm making, and I and I and I feel good Direct like about impact. yeah, and and then I think that adds a lot to 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 like the 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 the, the creative team, um, with the director and and uh, and the actors, and you know just every like gaffer, we're on the same page, and it feels good. Um, I wish it was I wish it was a constant one, but you know sometimes reality is like we just have to pace ourselves. Yeah, what kind of impact or goals? Um, or dreams that you have as an artistic individual, as a cinematographer, even as a father. What kind of impact do you want to have? In, in I mean, I want to. I want to be <laughs> big present. Question. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's it's big, but it's also pretty simple. Like I want to be present for my yeah. for my kids' life because I don't want them to to see me as like because I think about my own parents and I'm just like they were pretty. They worked a lot, but they were still present. Um, uh, but I also want to have that kind of like. Uh, Kind of relationship with them whether when they think about their childhood like oh it was fun we i learned a lot we we hung out mm -hmm. uh yeah he had to work but it was understandable so um so for me it's like as long as long as i feel, feel like i have a good relationship with my children and my family or my wife and then that's they're... what success means to you. yeah i think yeah. so i mean I, I mean as long as we're not starving right so um mm -hmm. uh and and i think if if talking more about like like uh like work the work aspect i want to i want to make films with people that are good people uh, was was good stories and I think that is possible. I know I know like you can't have it all, but I think I think it is possible. Um, maybe you can. Yeah, maybe you maybe can. Maybe you yeah. can have it all. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So far, so far, it's been it's been yeah. it's been it's been a good good stride for me. I know there's gonna be some times where it's not gonna it's not gonna be that. And um, but but one of the one of the things that I had a companion on on my mission that told me is like was like we all want to we all always want to have people that are that are like the cool person and, and you know just the person that that everybody likes to be be like but maybe let's instead of trying to aspire to find that person let's be that person and mm -hmm. and uh and so i was like oh okay. be a cool person yeah just be the cool just be the <laughs> yeah. cool person on on, on set live who, the life you want yeah and and that people are attracted to and like uh mm -hmm. um and so and i think i i, I do want to do that on sets like if with with my crew and and just like it's like you know just be like i don't want to be another hindrance um i mean there's times where i do have to be kind of a little bit more vocal or just kind of a little bit more stern but that's the nature of the job and yeah. and people it's the hierarchy in film yeah too. people respond to that yeah. it's fine it's okay there has to be a method to the madness yeah. that's all right yeah so uh but yeah and, i mean uh, i would love to just do features um because they they do take a little bit longer but i like the familial aspect of it where where the crew starts getting a little bit more close-knit mm -hmm. even on longer commercials those are fun too because um like you see the same people over and over again you actually get to know them it's, they're not just the hair and makeup person or it's not just the grip it's like you know it's so and so and so and so so it's it's uh it's a it's a cool it's a cool uh this can be a very this can this can be a very positive industry i just feel like people might get caught up too much in the in the money aspect of it or just like too much of the the, the game that they start losing uh track that the heart of it the, yeah the heart of yeah. it or the people yeah working on these different productions commercial music mm -hmm. videos narratives what are you most drawn to? Like, what's your favorite? My favorite are, are narratives for sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel the story. like the story. Yeah, you can you can manipulate story with 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 different uh, um, building blocks. Uh, you can uh, you can manipulate like. What's an example of that? How how do you do that as a cinematographer? Like, uh, what do you bring to that production that changes the story a little bit? Sure, I mean the one of the, the eyes. I, the I'll use I'll use the killing of two lovers with Robert and I. Like we we, we were looking through pictures, and uh, we we decided that this film needed to feel like an old family album, very worn out. Um, uh, mm -hmm. And so we we kind of chose the aspect ratio of four three uh, to replicate medium format portraits uh, from Todd Hito, who from his portraits and. Um, we like the the color of like the 70s film and uh, kind of grainy yeah. kind of faded yeah. oh i see it yeah yeah so it, it so it's it's supposed to evoke that emotion and hopefully it's not too on the nose like well, i mean once we explain it then yeah you're like you're like oh yeah that, that makes sense but it should be felt it should be something that's felt or familiar to the audience mm -hmm. um and so uh and 
I think yeah. it definitely captured yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, The Killing of Two Lovers has that familiar, I've seen this before, but I haven't. Mm-hmm. I've experienced this yeah. without having been there. Right, exactly. Feeling so, so things like that. That's, yeah, I feel like I that's that. art where we're able to just... Um, you know, just uh, portray or uh, portray the motion or uh, the connect with something outside yeah. of yourself, maybe, mm-hmm. but yeah. within yourself. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's an art. Yeah. That, that, art, art, art. Art is so complicated, but simple yeah. at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. uh, so it's yeah. Uh, what are some of the uh, what are other artists that uh, that you look up to or that inspire you? Mm-hmm. Muse. Uh, the, the first thing that comes are, are, are musicians, actually. Like I, I grew up listening to a lot of Pink Floyd growing uh, with my dad and and so Roger Waters and his lyrics like uh, uh, growing up it was just music it was just like it was just noise and beautiful voice and lyrics uh, I mean not sorry not lyrics it was just beautiful like you know just beautiful singing but mm-hmm. then like, the older I got and would just read the the lyrics I was like oh my gosh this is so deep like this is this is more this is more than what I thought and there was layers and layers to it and and so I think Roger Waters is a uh, for me like mm-hmm. when he dies I'm going to be extremely sad and I don't really get like get, I mean I get sad for people that die in general because it's heartbreaking for their families but he's one of the people I'm just like he's going to be yeah. he's going to be personal torn. yeah it's, it feel, feel more personal um, David Gilmore is probably another one because he like his voice and uh, his, uh, how he plays his instrument he's a very talented musician and so um, uh, and then um, yeah I, I, I don't know I, I feel like that's like the first thing that comes to, to my mind just mm-hmm. uh I do listen to a lot of their music, and uh, and it ranges from just so, something really mellow to something a little bit more more upbeat, or it just it kind of it, sometimes it crosses genres, and uh, I, I I understand why they were revolutionary. Right now, I feel like if you show or uh, have somebody listen to it, they're like, oh, this sounds familiar. Yes, because other people have copied it since. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it, it was it, so influential. It was so and influential the game back then. At the yeah, time, right? exactly. So yeah, yeah, so maybe that's one. I think about as far as filmmakers like I love I mean uh, I I the I've been listening to a lot of the Roger Deakins podcast and and just like a bunch of the cinematographers or filmmakers that come through is I'm just like just uh like I see them I see them as people not just as yeah like a filmmaker anymore and so that's been pretty cool uh, but Roger Deakins of course is he's gonna be like I, I just love how chill he is and yeah, and he seems they, like a very down to earth guy. Very, very yeah. down to earth, but it's funny because then they say that he's a very. His wife kind of teases him that he gets very angry, um, and so I'm just like, oh, no, I think, yeah, I, I definitely relate to that because I, I, I come <laughs> yeah. off as chill, but I do get very frustrated, very angry, extremely easy. My wife is probably like the only one of the few people that can attest to that. Is like, yeah. once I get angry, I just I can't get out of it. Like if something's not going the right way, and mm-hmm. going back to the perfectionism, but but I do you hide it on set? Because I'm sure <clears> there are frustrating or stressful situations whether it's yeah you know an ad who's being a dick or <laughs> no i mean no i i get something like i i the, not the, to what, give the ad shit. yeah i know right poor, poor ad's <laughs> Sorry, but guys. but yeah you guys are You're the problem sometimes yeah i know right um uh, <laughs> no I, i've asked people that i mostly luis is luis is my first uh camera assistant that i worked with for the longest um and he uh and I ask him that. It's like, do do you ever see me? He's like, no, you don't yell. You don't yell. But I know when you're angry because you get super quiet and yeah. very short. And I was like, yeah, that sounds to me. Uh, I I don't yell. I don't. I just get very short, very quiet, and just and just kind of live in my own space. Uh, but for the most part, I like to you know joke around. I like to I like mm-hmm. just to kind of like uh, just be mellow. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just feel like keep it's, a relaxed keep it, environment. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's not worth getting angry because it's. Uh, I've been on sets where you know somebody's very angry on set, and you're like, you're just causing more like fire to like the situation rather than trying to burn out the like yeah. you know burn out the fire, and so uh, and it's not worth it. It just it, it adds more problems than 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 takes away. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> Oscar, thank you for coming on to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, today. no, it's been great. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having this conversation with me. No, this thank has you for been very thoughtful, intentional enlightening yeah you opened my my mind to other parts where i was like i haven't thought about that so it's been it's been cool to just also be self-reflective thank you for coming on today it was such a pleasure to chat with you my pleasure too i felt super honored when you asked so this has been fun to keep up with Artbreakers, follow us at Artbreakers Podcast on Instagram and check out the show notes at artbreakerspodcast.com episodes release weekly on tuesday and there's so much more to come In the words of comedian and cartoonist Dimitri Martin, Earth without art would just be eh. Thank you for tuning in to Art Breakers.